Welcome to the Vacation Home Help Podcast, the only podcast dedicated to helping vacation rental owners self-manage their properties. Your hosts deliver short and sweet episodes with actionable advice, tips, and strategies to level up your hosting skills. Whether you are a complete beginner or have been in the vacation home rental business for a while, you are in the right place to get the tools you need to succeed. Here are your hosts, John Candelario and Tim Casey. In today's episode, Tim and I are going to discuss whether long stays or short stays are better for your short-term rental. Because long-term stays can be an attractive option. Um, a lot of people like to travel for long-term stays. Senior citizens travel, nurses, college students, and working professionals sometimes need longer-term places to stay. So this is a, an opportunity to explore. Um, but there are some considerations that Tim and I will discuss with you before you know, trying to attract long-term stays. Um, so Tim. What is a long-term stay to you? What would you well, consider the, long-term? Yeah, so for me, um, the way I approach this, because you know I, I've got a tax advisor and a CPA, like I'm sure most of our listeners do, if they're in, in this industry, and I've got to be very careful n- to make sure that my average stay, and let me underscore average stay, is seven days or less, because from a tax perspective, to be considered a short-term rental with my tax considerations, your average stay has to be seven days or less. But everyone's got different tax situations. So I'd say first, I'm not a tax advisor. I've got one. You should have one yourself to find out what applies to you. But if indeed the seven-day or less doesn't apply to you because of your tax considerations, there are some real benefits to that person who wants to, you know, stay in your home for greater than seven days, you know, 30 days. I've had requests for 30, 45, even up to 60 days. And these are individuals that were coming to the area, possibly on a work endeavor, that were going to be there for a short period of time. I've also had situations where a, uh, a business person who's working from home coming out of COVID, that's kind of their new way of being. And they can work anywhere. And they decided to bring the family to Central Florida for a couple of months. Uh, Kids weren't in school. Kids were young. And they just wanted a a fun place to be. And the uh, the parents could work because they were both uh, remote workers. So a 60-day stay was was great for them. So I think those are wonderful guests to pursue. The underscore would be make sure you talk to your tax advisor to make sure that you're not losing that short-term rental designation if you need it for your tax considerations. John, how do you think about it? That's spot on, Tim. And there's a lot of good things that come with booking your home for the long-term stays, but there are important considerations. You just highlighted the tax consideration. I'd like to also highlight it only really is a good situation if you have a good guest in there because we've had situations in my personal experience as, as a cleaning company that the guests will stay for say 60 days and would refuse to check out. So <laughs> they would squat in the home and say, I'm not leaving. And by the time you get the police involved, et cetera, that house has mountains of trash. So like when you have a long-term guest stay, it's even more important to have, like you said, everything legally set up like a lease if you need one, because sometimes if they're staying over 30 days, you should really have a rental agreement in place, right? Because it, it is over that month mark. And then two, doing due diligence on who's staying. Just like any property management company would do a background check on a long-term tenant, if they're staying longer than a month, you should really do some sort of due diligence as well 
um, because it is a common scam on on the platforms to rent the house long term, trash it, not leave, and just try to stay. That happened a lot during COVID when the eviction there was eviction halts. So it's important if you're going to have long term guests that you really do your due diligence before you accept a long term guest, and that you have your your tax situation set up for success as well. Yeah, you bring up a great point, John. The 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 guests of mine that. Um, I've allowed to rent for two to three weeks. I can still come into under my average if I manage this carefully. But these are folks that have stayed with me in the past, and they have a proven track record of just taking great care of the home. And then I'm very willing to extend that. Otherwise, I really try to stick to the short-term rental guidelines. How about short-term stays, John? What do you think about those three-day or less stays? I'm starting to see more and more people, uh, more and more guests want those you know, three day or less stays. <laughs> yeah, I'm a mixed bag of feelings on that one because, I mean, while you can get an uptick in occupancy because there's a lot of people who want to stay on the weekend or just randomly a Tuesday through Friday kind of thing. But I've seen in my personal experience doing so many turnovers that it's usually not the best thing for the home. So you need to weigh your income objectives with the wear and tear because, yeah, you might get more occupancy and make make some more money, but one bad guest can tear apart the house. So if you're going to do that three-night stay, the two-night stay, you just need to make sure that you're doing your screening. I wouldn't have instant book on personally. That's my experience. I'm not telling you what to do. Um, But in my experience, if you leave instant book on with a two, three-night minimum, you're asking for more wear and tear. You're asking for your cleaners to do more work. You're asking for your maintenance guy to go over there regularly. <laughs> so it's just important to weigh your income goals with um, the possibility that your house is going to require a lot more maintenance. Um, with that being said, there are some good situations. Like if you have a condo and, and you have two night stays, it's common for a couple to come in for two nights. So I'm, I'm not fully against min- like a, a low minimum night stay. It just depends on your property type. I personally don't recommend it for a big house. Um, but right now it's really slow. Um, we're in an inflationary environment. We're in a housing recession. So a lot of hosts are dropping their prices a lot um, and trying to capture any bookings they can. So if you decide to do that as a host, just know that there are some consequences that go along with doing such short stays. It's not bad for everybody. You can experience higher occupancy, make more money, but you just need to make sure you're prepared for that wear and tear that's going to come along with that too. Yeah, the same here. I mean, my experience has been, again, it's just my experience. So um, it's a, a sample size of one, but my experience has been three days or less <laughs> tends to be more the party crowd. And the party crowd uh, on that two or three night stay uh, can do some some serious damage. So I've, I've had that experience and, and I've decided for for my rental home, my sweet spot has been at four to five nights. That's a really good timeline for the short-term rental. What I find is, you know, folks coming to Central Florida, if they're there four or five nights, they spend most of their days visiting the attractions and the parks and maybe a day or two in the home, uh, you know, enjoying the uh, the surroundings of the home. But that's a really good duration. Three days or less has been party crowd for me. So I try to avoid that. And then the larger stays, seven days or greater, even 30 days or greater, I would simply, to John's point, talk to your tax advisor, talk to an attorney, make sure you have the right lease, and make sure that your tax considerations are covered before you decide what actions to take or not to take. 
right on. And if you would like to attract some more long-term stays because it sounds attractive to you, just make sure you have good working Wi-Fi, good amenities in there for a long-term stay and set expectations with your guests about how often you will be in touch because you don't want the expectation that you're going to act as concierge. Um, when someone's staying for 60 days, a funny story, um, I helped a guest that was staying for a, a long-term stay and they were from uh, the UK and they were just under the impression that it would operate similar to a hotel, um, which maybe it was advertised that way from their host. Um, but it, they weren't happy that they didn't have that you know, concierge, that someone was going to be available at all hours for them. And so it's important that you set expectations before you even book that guest because you want them to be happy. And you can have them happy if you set expectations prior to them coming in. Because if they have a different set of expectations, they could find an accommodation that's more a good fit for them. You also want to consider offering monthly discounts or advertising on websites geared towards longer term stays. Um, with that being said, while discounts can entice people, you have to be careful on some advertising sites and particularly on social media, on Facebook. A lot of guests that are looking for long-term stays, one, they want extremely budget rates, but two, like just because someone has a Facebook doesn't mean they're vetted, right? Like someone can make a fake Facebook and, and tear apart your house. So you just want to be a little bit careful when using social media and you do the proper vetting as a host as well. Um, you want to make sure your rental is properly licensed for this because if, for example, your licensing papers are for short-term rental for like in Osceola County, it's 28 days or less, and then you start renting you know, long-term and you don't have leases in place, you could run into complications there like Tim and I were discussing. So you just want to make sure that if you are going to attract long-term stays, that everything's you know, good to go. Um, but it is a, an attractive way to maximize your occupancy in slow seasons. So if you're curious about it, you know, give it a try. It might work out really well for you. Um, do you have anything to add, Tim? Anything nope. I think that's it, John. I think it's been a, um, a good um, bit of information for our listeners. Good topic. And I think we covered it. Awesome. So check out more info in the show notes. If you like this, please rate, review, and subscribe if you have any feedback. Um, we're looking forward to hearing it and you all take care. If you need a new Airbnb cleaning service, Vacation Home Help connects highly talented cleaning professionals with high-performing hosts like yourself. Use coupon code PODCAST for $50 off your first service. Need help getting your listing optimized and set up? Contact Tim and I. Our contact details will be in the show notes. Thanks for supporting us. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show. Visit vacationhomehelp.com and click podcast for more resources on today's topic and more episodes that will help you level up your hosting skills. Let's get social. Connect with us today by joining our growing community of motivated owners at facebook.com slash groups slash vacation home help. As a member, you will have access to sneak peeks and exclusive free resources. You can also connect with other owners with shared interests, learn from each other, the community, and from shared experiences. Again, thank you for supporting us. Until next time, take care.